Hello and welcome to the Art Podcast. My name's Tom Cox and on today's episode I speak with Italian artist and London resident Ernesto Romano. Using x-rays, the human anatomy, botany and a selection of recurring motifs, Ernesto's contemporary pop imagery is instantly recognisable for his use of shiny, luxurious finishes and potent symbolism. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Let's get into it. Welcome Ernesto. Hi Tom, thank you. Thank you for joining me here on this uh, slightly rainy 3rd of Jan. Yeah, thank you for having (laughs) me, yeah. I don't mind the rain if it's, as long as it's outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I met Ernesto about seven years ago. Yes, I think it was 2016. 2016. So I would have been uh, organising one of my first pop-up exhibitions at the time. Yes. Which uh, was when I was under the brand Focus London. Yes, And I remember when we first met, I was actually interviewing everyone uh, in preparation for the exhibition. I think it was a winter exhibition. Yes, Uh, it was. And me and you met up in Brixton and I think we had a cocktail somewhere and we did an interview and I wrote it up. And after that interview, I feel like we kind of just turned into good mates. Yeah. Um, And it's been great to exhibit together and and also see your career sort of develop in that time. Mm Um. But how would you describe yourself as an artist today? Okay, so myself as an artist, my initial background was uh, architecture, interior design. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually kind of a self-thought artist, as you say, mm-hmm. in the sense that I didn't go to art school when I was in Italy or anything like that. So my approach to art was kind of spontaneous. Uh, in actual fact, uh, I started making art on my own, using my own x-rays, purely because I had a l- big pack of x-rays at home, and I always thought that they were something interesting and some good material to do something creative. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it was for me more like uh, a challenge, mm. and I never thought that this could lead to you know career uh, yeah to (laughs) a career uh, or anything like that um so before we go too much into too much detail i'd like to just go back a little bit into your history yeah so was there a certain age at which you realized you had an artistic flair or did this come to you quite a lot later i think quite a lot later yes so as a kid um you grew up in in italy yes and, uh, and what was your sort of upbringing like? Well, to be fair, uh, now you're saying when I was a kid, I won a drawing competition when I was okay. a kid. Yeah, uh, like a local, uh, my local town. And I came first in a drawing competition. I think it was the theme was uh, Europe and music. And I did and I did a drawing of an orchestra where everyone was from a different country. Mm. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I had like an artistic side <laughs> ready to. Uh, no. So, like I said, I went to I studied architecture. I started mm. to work as an architect back in Italy. Um, Whereabouts in Italy from? I'm, I'm near Venice. Mm-hmm. So not just outside Venice. Yeah. I lived uh, three years in Madrid when I was studying, then moved back to Italy when I finished my career. So everything came really late because I Mm. was late in my early 30s when 
I started to do things that were drifting off my career of an architect. Mm-hmm. So everything so, is as late. you were going through your sort of architectural career, did you feel this sort of this creative energy or, or a restless energy building up that you wanted to express, but maybe at the time you weren't yes, weren't think, so conscious of exactly how you were going to do that? I think so, because uh, uh, people think normally architecture would be something really creative, but mm. part of it, most of it is really technical in reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the creative side is just a little side of it and it's too linked anyway to the technical side that mm. is not so free unless you were a g ge- an architectural genius and yeah. probably that wasn't my uh, <laughs> my thing so i don't know if this came as an escape route or mm. uh, something but the coincidence mm. that i had lots of x-rays yeah just purely because uh, I hurt myself a few times. Yeah. Uh, so what happened? So you're, you're, you're doing your regular architecture career. You injure yourself. Do, do you mind if I ask how? Oh, just... yeah, yeah. No, I was drunk and I hit my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this was on a, on a night out or something? So, or... Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, but, you know, um, the good thing is um, uh, back then, uh, I don't know if they do it now, but they give you, you can keep the actual black film mm. uh, and I had loads of them because also um, I had I injured my back so I had my spine and then I had my chest because I was a uh, blood donor so they check you so I got mm. I had loads of um, different images mm. and I had them I remember I had them in a pack uh, mm. on a shelf and, and I remember thinking a few times oh I'd love to do something creative with them and this mm. is when I started um using a camera and going out to photograph things. And for some reason, I decided to focus on flowers and plants mm-hmm. because I like flowers and plants anyway. I love them. So you always try to look for something that you're familiar with, I think. Mm. Uh, so you remember I, I used to live in Padova back then, which is uh, as the oldest botanic garden in Europe, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I used to go and photograph plants. And then my first series, I was mixing plants and x-rays, mm-hmm. uh, kind of trying to, in a way, associate shapes of plants to shapes of internal organs, like lungs or the brain or, or the heart. But, uh, I, but I think you told me before that um, over all of this stuff with the, the human body, looking at your, your x-rays and things like that, um, was it true that your your father was a, a do- is a doctor? Yeah, my well? father is a doctor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Did any a, of that play a, a part in in the kind of understanding of the human body, or just well, the curiosity, or was it just you just kept having these things, so you just had this big pack of X rays? Uh, so I'm not. Sh- I'm. I, I've been thinking about this play the part, but to be fair, uh, my pa- my father, for most of my young age and. Yeah. Uh, it was absent, so we yeah. didn't have... So it wasn't there with me. Uh, yeah. We had a, uh, Eventually, the relationship was kind of rebuilt in a way, but that part, uh, it wasn't there, so I don't think his figure kind mm-hmm. of... Uh, played an influence. Played an influence, yeah. no. Yeah. So maybe just a coincidence, I okay. think. Okay. Probably yeah. if I didn't have the X-rays and I had something different, yeah. 
that I wanted to start with, I would have ended up doing something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this was so just... So it was what... just this fortune, like you've, you'd, you'd ended up just by chance collecting these things. Yes. And you didn't want to throw them away. No, there was exactly. Because there was something to be, to be done with them. Yes. Interesting. And so how did uh, that botanical um, sort of thread then play into the work? Okay, so... Um... Because, I, like I said, I always like plants. Uh, I try to maybe use them in, in ways where maybe the x-ray wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So I try to decide, okay, maybe don't use the x-ray as your main theme. We'll start using the plant instead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I did a series that was called Skin, where I used uh, flowers growing under the skin. So I used the palm of my hand as a base and you had these flowers like living underneath uh, and lifting maybe the the skin you would see the petals lifting mm -hmm. the skin so that was another uh, series and then I did a series with the uh, I was in London when I started this a series with uh, prosthetics mm -hmm. so prosthetic limb I started to work with London prosthetic company mm -hmm. so they would allow me to go there and photograph uh, prosthetic and then I would uh, associate them with uh, tulips mm -hmm. which not everyone knows uh, but tulips are from Afghanistan mm -hmm. mostly uh, mm -hmm. so the idea was you know the landmines in Afghanistan so the mm. so the lost limb and the uh, cut tulips so playing on those two images mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so plants uh, have always been part of my work and I think I would love to go back into using them because then when I moved to London, the image of the X-ray Queen came mm. in play. So what brought you to London? So it's interesting because I came to London thinking, okay, I'll do one here and see. I remember I had a friend back then. We studied together architecture and she said she was living here. And she said, I think you should come to London. You love it. So I decided to go. When I decided to go, she left and she came she went back to Italy. Okay, yeah. So the idea was to, because, you know, the art scene in Italy is not, uh, how can I say, say nicely, uh, is, I don't think there is a market unless you're really big. Right. So it's very hard for the people starting out to yes. kind of get their foot through the door. Yes, the very mm. big names, they have a market. Mm. Uh, but I think people starting out their career or trying to emerge, uh, I don't think it's the right location. Mm -hmm. And obviously my idea, uh, and I think it was right, that within Europe, London is still the best place to go where if you want to have a voice. So I moved back in 2011, so it's nearly 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, at the beginning, it wasn't so easy for me because I wasn't so connected with because uh, really I had to have a job, mm -hmm. you know, all these kind of things. But then eventually, I think from 2016, 15, 16, I kind of started to understand and be more connected. Mm. So uh, basically around the sort of time that we, we, we met. met. Yeah. 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 And so at one point then your x-rays then started to find a regal home uh, and regal theme. How, how did that come along? Uh, you're, you're probably best known for your uh, images of the, the oh, queen. Yeah, I think so. The x-rays uh, with the crown, uh, etc. So yeah. how, how did that come about? 
Yeah, so that was 2016 again. Mm. Um, I met uh, Ben Moore, uh, who is a curator uh, of uh, Art Below. Mm -hmm. So they promote uh, art in the tube with posters underground in the tube in London TfL. Mm -hmm. And um, we met uh, through a friend that she showed my work to him and he liked it. And uh, he started to think that he... So he invited me to do a few things with him, like a couple mm. of shows. But mostly uh, there was one show that was in 2016, which was for the Queen's 90th birthday. Mm. Uh, so he was organizing a show with each artist was uh, tasked with uh, uh, making a portrait of the Queen. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, so it was a brief. It was set. That was the brief. Ah, yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. And he said, "Oh, because he knew uh, I was doing X-rays." He said, "Why don't you do an X-ray queen?" And I said, "Oh, yeah, that could be." And then I remember showing his his first draft, and he didn't like. But then eventually <laughs> something came up, and it was this blue blue X-ray queen with the turquoise necklace and the mm -hmm. blue and turquoise crown. Um, and the show was, was really nice because there were uh, big names like Mr. Brainwash, Chris Levine, mm. other. And I remember my work was next to Gavin Turk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and actually at that time, I didn't think that this could be my, my uh, relation with the royals, with the queen was one of an outsider basically yeah yeah you know i didn't know much i know i knew of the queen from whenever she was on the news when i was living in italy yeah. etc but i never thought to myself of, until then and then i started to because i liked the image it was quite simple it was showing mm. a, a queen uh stripped of all her uh, imagery and just bare bones with uh, a crown and a necklace. Mm. So you'd have uh, basically the symbols that make the, the the queen to arouse, but she could be anyone. Mm. In actual mm. fact, uh, we know it was my X-ray. Mm -hmm. So I like the so idea. So you're the real queen. I'm the queen. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, the idea is because I've always used x-rays uh, with the intent of showing that underneath uh, we're all equal. Mm. So I don't know if you remember the, the one that I did with all the color skulls, the rainbow skulls. Yeah. That yeah. was pre-Queen. So the idea of having different colors is like the different colors of humanity. Mm. But there's no distinctive feature. It's just a different color x-ray. Yeah. Uh, so Ernesto had a, a a piece which was this image of the Queen uh, in the X-ray version with many different colorways, um, and I'll put uh, some images in the show notes so that people can find mm -hmm. images of what we're talking about as well. Yeah. So from this Blue Queen, I decided to explore uh, different mediums. Like I started to do queens with glitter. Mm -hmm. I started to do queens. I love the glitter stuff. Yeah, the glitter yeah. Were, were nice. Yeah, the yeah. queens with the glitter and also the, the lungs. Yes. When I first met you, there was the big, big pair of lungs, which were like diamond dust printed and glitter. Yes. And yes. Was that with the Jealous Gallery that you were yes. using? Yes, yes. Do I you did still work with Jealous or? Uh, not so much lately, mm -hmm. uh, but I work a lot with them up to 
recent time and I yeah. will work again with them yeah. uh, yes we did the glitter lungs the glitter brain and then mm -hmm. the glitter queen yeah. I had my glitter uh, <laughs> period uh -huh. well I mean it goes with the theme right I guess this is a good segue into talking to like who that work appeals to right yeah. because you know there are a lot of royalists and a lot of people who like this idea of uh, regality monarchy power yeah. Yeah. Uh, the symbolism of wealth and you know, if you make that glittery and shiny, it's kind of, it feeds into yes. that same um, vibe, right? Yes. And then I, I went into Swarovski crystals as well. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I like, I like adding uh, touches like hand embellish uh, yeah. prints because it gives it an extra. Mm. And, and all the glitter uh, prints, they were, each color was one off. So there were unique pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually regret didn't, keep any for myself of the glitter mm. queens yeah well that's what they always say she always keep a couple <laughs> but yeah. at the time you're like well i want to sell them right yeah so. i didn't think they were when the last went i was like oh oh yeah i got none left <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so um at one point you did a residency with the uh bankside hotel yes this was a couple of years ago mate was this just before the pandemic yes perhaps? it was 2019 18, it was with yeah. degree art uh, yeah, yes uh, yeah. uh, yes that was really good it was a brief residency because it was a month mm. uh but the studio was amazing it was yeah. a ground floor window facing so people could come and see you from mm. outside yeah the bankside hotel was just on the south bank of the river thames uh what would it be nearest to? Just uh, Blackfriars Station. From the Tate Modern, basically. Blackfriars Station is yeah. the closest uh, spot. Yeah, not yeah. far from Tate Modern. Yeah, and it's amazing hotel. Um, mm. So Degree Art uh, Contemporary Collective, they had they have this uh, partnership with them, mm. and so artists can spend uh, up to three months doing a residency. And was my first uh, residency, mm. and obviously having this big studio for me. And I remember doing spray paint, Swarovski. Mm -hmm. Spray paint wasn't so much uh, well received because mm -hmm. all the, 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 the fumes went into the kitchen. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. But I did a lot of Swarovski there and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, a couple of workshops with uh, people from the public doing uh, cyanotypes. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Tell uh, me about cyanotypes. Okay, cyanotypes. Uh, I'm not a master uh, of cyanotypes. I just looked at them from outside and I loved them and I tried a few times. Obviously, you know cyanotypes, you need the negative. Imagine I know nothing about cyanotypes. Okay, okay. <laughs> so cyanotypes is a, a basically, it could be described as one of the first photographic process. It, it uses uh, two chemicals that are mixed together and then uh, with this solution, you coat uh, watercolor paper mm -hmm. uh, and you keep it in the dark to dry. Uh, and then basically you use the sun uh, to develop, mm. sorry, to expose the paper. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep it brief, but you need a, a negative uh, uh, on okay. top of the watercolor paper. So would that be negative printed onto acetate or? Yes. Uh, yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need a negative printer acetate. Also, you can use objects yeah. that you leave on top of the paper. You expose them, you mm. expose the paper to the sun, mm. sun rays. And this basically uh, creates this magic. But then when you wash the paper, it's when you develop the, mm. the, the, pho the photographic process. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you, um, you kind of obtain this 
lovely blue tone mm. on the paper. And I was using x-rays as a negative because they mm. are basically acetate. A negative, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, but, so uh, it, was, it was a good time of sort of exploration, using yeah. that residency to kind of try some different different tools, different mediums, yeah. and, and just kind of explore um, different ways to approach your subject. Yes, because I, I didn't have any restriction in terms yeah. of space or... Uh, so go, going back, what were your what were your first sort of uh, as you were trying to get into the art world in London? What were your first sort of successes? So you've said here that you um, that you were with Degree Art, so they picked you up at a certain point. What were your first sort of successes, and and who have been the people uh, and the kind of galleries and and the places where you've kind of developed your audience as an artist uh, i think uh, degree art played a good role in this because they actually picked me mm. so they approached me and mm. and i and i always liked them because i remember they were in viner street in east london not far from where i used to live in Whitechapel before then they moved to somerset house and it was really when you when you start off by doing things in um, a home when I started with the X-ray, then you decide to move to London and then the gallery contacts you to work with. Then you think, oh, maybe this is not a hobby anymore. You know, mm. maybe this is. So I think that was one of my first. And uh, but before them, uh, obviously, I think when Ben Moore mm. asked me to do the uh, the, the, the Queen, queen. yeah, mm. the Queen theme yeah. exhibition. I think that was my first kind of milestone mm. to say, okay, this is going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so throughout the pandemic, um, a lot of artists, um, you know, had varying uh, degrees of success, and there was there was some aspect of the fact that there was a lot of people at home and they needed stuff for their walls, and then there's the other, the other side of things where all the galleries were closed. Um, what was the result of the pandemic on you and your work? Mm. How, how did it affect you, both in a sort of artistic way and in a in a commercial way? Did did it change anything? Um, I think uh, during the pandemic, I learned more uh, about Instagram. Mm -hmm. I had more time to to learn how Instagram. One, unfortunately, Instagram is like a job mm. on its own, mm -hmm. and it's like uh, this. Mm, nightmare that you don't want to <laughs> have to yeah. deal with but um so i learned about that i learned about shopify mm -hmm. how to integrate e-commerce into your website yeah and and when the when this was over the pandemic i kind of feel like i had more tools for me mm -hmm. and especially i think shopify when you integrate it with instagram mm. it allows people that see your stuff on instagram to directly go on your website and, and buy and things purchase, yeah. yeah and i yeah. have to say instagram was pretty good mm. it was a good tool through that time yes yeah yes and i think still is and and now i i feel like we had a chat more recently that and you told me you were gonna go full time or yes you were you were you yes. had your job on the side yes and then what's happened with that now so I left that uh, uh, October 2021. Yeah. Uh, so you, you were, you were part-time at the time and you decided, you know what, I'm going to take the plunge and just see how can I do this? Yeah. You know, I want to spend all my time yeah. focusing on, on creating art. Yeah, I was actually mm, 
nearly full time back then because during the pandemic I was working a lot for the architects. Okay, yeah. And I think also this uh, was uh, a trigger in my head when during the pandemic I was thinking, oh, you know, if you don't do it, mm. you regret it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may sound like, uh, but it's real. Mm. If you don't do it. Uh, and I'm actually really happy. The, I think at the beginning when I went full time, it's... it's this is when I was so consistent on Instagram mm. uh, that I could see. You could see the, the results. Yeah, the differences yeah. in terms of uh, audience growth, in terms of in terms of sales through Instagram. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Instagram was quite a big part of your pandemic. So you were able to develop yourself and the kind of I suppose your independence as an artist throughout that time. Yeah, um, because you know n- nowadays you know i mean nowadays and for a long time like you know we have had social media and now we have easy to build websites and i think a lot of artists are deciding you know uh what balance they want to do themselves and what they can you know give to a a gallery to take on for them so obviously a lot of your work has focused on the queen and the queen just passed so what does that mean for your work? Will you be making tributes to the, the new king or do you feel like it's had its time and you're kind of, mm. are you trying to discover any new subject matter like at the moment? Well, I've recently done a few new uh, crowns. I don't know if you saw them. I haven't seen them okay. yet. So I've actually moved into the king okay, already. Yeah. So the the passing of the queen was really shocking for me, I have to say. Because it's one of those things that you know is going to happen, mm. but you're never prepared because you think she's immortal. Mm-hmm. She, you know, and when she passed away, I felt uh, really shocked because I felt like I lost my muse mm. in a way. Yeah. Uh, because all my work was mostly 90% of my works were about the Queen because I did the, the stamps as well with the first class. I did. All sorts of queens, all mm. sorts, like during from 2016 to now. Mm. And suddenly my head was thinking, now there is an X-ray queen. And what people, what would be the reaction of people when they see this, when she's, she's dead? Mm. You know, for me, it's my head. I know it's my X-ray, my own X-ray. And I've done this for many years. So I've never done it to mean anything bad for her. Mm. And I've done it... Oh, the opposite, because I, I loved her and because she was an inspiration for me and because the message I wanted to give is of universal values of, you know, equality, equality and diversity. So I've never done it. But suddenly there's an X-ray of a dead queen. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it was... So for the first two weeks... Did you feel uh, a bit sensitive about posting things? Yes, or? yes. Ah. For the first two weeks, I was really quiet. Really? And it was really interesting because this is when all the artists came in with their work of the queen. That they and and they probably just made it the night before. Uh, yeah, or yeah. maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. And they yeah. took it back from the closet. And so every... I was watching Instagram and every day... Boop, 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 this, queens came out from nowhere people that never you know or like mm. you said they probably done it the night before i was instead kind of um a little bit holding back yes holding yeah. back but then slowly i started to do it, to post some of my queen as a homage and i saw people reaction was actually positive mm. my idea was always when she was alive to do a king and a queen facing each other mm. 
I never had the chance to do it because, you know, I never knew how to do it. But I recently started to work on the coronation crown. Mm. So I've done an X-ray version of the uh, St. Edward's crown. And it's mm. all done digitally. Yeah. What's it called? The crown? Uh, St. E Edward's crown. Ah, okay. It's yeah. a crown that will be used by Charles uh, for his coronation okay. in May. Okay. So this is a different crown from the Queen? It's a totally different crown. Okay, I didn't yes. know that. It's yeah. a very big crown. It's like 30 centimeters. It's a very big crown. 30 centimeters high? I think so, yeah. Wow. Something like, yeah, it's big. Heavy. Yes, very heavy, <laughs> yes. And so the image I've done is all digital. So mm. I've used uh, as a reference images of the crown. Mm. Uh, so it's a kind of X-ray version of mm. the crown. But for the first time, and I'm actually really happy, there is no skull. Mm. There's just a crown. Okay. And, and so partially it's because um, the crown is so big, if I add the skull, it's going to be like a very tall and narrow artwork. Mm. Uh, a part of me also thinks that uh, kind of to symbolize the void that the queen left. Mm. So there's a crown hanging around and it will be eventually in May mm. uh, taken by Charles uh, for his coronation. So it's representing this kind of uh, this space. Transition, mm -hmm. this, yeah, this mm. legacy. Uh, and also partly because I have to say also from a, a different point of view, not everyone like skulls mm -hmm. uh, so I want to give a different um, point uh, perspective yeah, yeah. of my work because it's still like an x-ray version of the mm. of the crown but it's not there's no skull at the moment yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting I mean it's interesting that you layer the same well you have your variety of motifs that you you layer between each other and then also keep separate um, and then they may yeah. crossover a, a bit maybe a, a, a crossover between these different themes again you yeah, know exactly and if i was to describe your work i would say it's something like pop art mm. but pop, it's not quite urban pop. urban, urban pop, 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 yeah. yeah it's like it's got an essence i would say of damien hearst because it's definitely got the bling and the yes, skulls yes but it also has its own internal thing like and I, I don't see many people doing it so i feel like that's what stands out about your work it really is um you know when people see it they just it's it's a very striking uh, image because it's always everyone has seen the symbolism of of the x-ray the human anatomy whether it's from their own experience exactly could be also potentially very traumatic or dramatic experience yeah um, that's also where usually x-ray puts people a, li a little bit off because you always think of an x-ray of something bad yeah but i want to go beyond this mm -hmm. uh, this mm -hmm. point of view so let's talk a little bit about your process then you've just shown me a video of how you create your work so with this crown for example you you have your reference photo and then and then how does it work yes so um interesting to say uh i don't have an x-ray machine uh and that would be probably my next uh, dream mm -hmm. uh um, so in absence of an x-ray machine but most importantly in absence of the coronation crown <laughs> that I couldn't yeah. have in hand <laughs> to actually x-ray it. Um, uh, I decided to uh, create a digital x-ray version of the crown. Mm. So basically, um, 
a bit of what I did for the uh, image of the queen with the X-ray queen with the crown. Uh, I used the same style, so I tried to do crown that could potentially look like an X-ray mm-hmm. crown, uh, but it's all done digitally, basically. So, what software do you use? Uh, Photoshop. Photoshop. Yeah. So, by looking at images of the coronation crown and by looking how I had to study how it's built. Mm-hmm. So the frame and all the filigrees that he has, and all the jewelers that he has, mm-hmm. all the pieces, and it was really like. So, so as you study it, you're kind of you're then placing in each. You're almost building the p- image as if you're building the crown, yes. layer by layer. Yes. So imagine of building the crown uh, instead of building it with metal, gold, mm-hmm. and building it digitally. Mm-hmm. But uh, the process is the same. Mm-hmm. But on top of this, you need to make it look like it's X-rayed. So, so what, what were you doing? To the, were you reference images of X-rayed metal? Or? Yeah. Uh, so metal, it's uh, it basically uh, normally comes as a, as a white um, because it blocks uh, the X-ray. So mm-hmm. metal normally comes as a, a white uh, uh, glare image on, on the x-ray but then I, 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 I watched uh, documentaries that talk about how pearls or uh, gems come up in x-rays because mm-hmm. gemology uh, uses x-rays a lot to, to tell what, if pearls are real or fake oh, been, if, if they've been uh, uh, worked out or um, gems to tell whether they're real diamonds, for example, diamond mm. is completely transparent, so you actually kind of not see anything when oh, an X. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so you got a metal layer, then you got all these different things that react differently all yes. in the X-ray, yes. and then so you're trying to translate that into it, it, something visual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to go uh, too realistic because probably when it's so realistic, it's also more f- more would, flat. Yeah, you it wouldn't, wouldn't see be, as much. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't see as much. So yeah. it's there's a part. Part of it is left to the artistic license, of I course, think. Yeah. Uh, so you, I wanted to do something that was pleasant to look at, mm. was fun, mm. uh, obviously colorful because I I love colors. But in the same, but at the same time, they could give a, a realistic. Um, and actually, uh, before uh, finalize it, I show it to two friends of mine one is in german and one is in london professor that are um, um, radiologists and they liked it so i kind of had i thought that was like their <laughs> the seal of approval the seal of approval yeah, yes nice. they nice. really liked it so yeah, nice. <laughs> um okay cool so uh what have you got in store for 2023 do you have any big plans are you hoping to achieve something with your art uh, what, what what do you look forward to this year Okay, uh, so as you probably know from knowing me, I'm not very good at planning <laughs> ahead. I'm a more like a kind of see what happened kind yeah. of guy. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I want to explore a lot about this crown. Mm. Um, when will you be releasing this artwork? Will this be coming out sometime close? Oh, this is already on it's my already website okay. in part of small prints. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I want to do massive crowns mm. i want to do very big pink crowns mm-hmm. or uh, i'm working now on the as you know when i've done the rainbow skulls i'm working on the rainbow crowns now because mm, nice. i yeah. thought that could be a, a nice evolution of my rainbow series mm-hmm. uh, so there will be the crown with no with no skull again mm-hmm. 
And then, um, so I want to explore the crown in different sizes, in different materials. Again, the Perspex, which I love, mm. or potentially... And that's print it, printing onto Perspex. Uh, printing yeah. onto uh, photographic pa paper with Perspex applied on top. Mm. Uh, and then potentially going back to the glitter, mm -hmm. kind of, uh, I don't... It's I, like it take, taking the new motif and applying your existing methods, the yes. methods that are very much Romano. Yes, kind yeah. of uh, the circle that repeats again with mm -hmm. the different... Mm -hmm. uh, because I enjoy so much uh, the glitter, the Swarovski, the gold leaf, mm. uh, the platinum, because I want to maybe see where this uh, go. But I would love to do... A, big format again mm -hmm. like a big impact image but to do so i think I'll, I'll have to rework the image a little bit more to be higher definition yes or, and maybe yeah. to add an extra layer of detail into mm -hmm. every single so that piece it's just as impactful on a yeah. larger scale as well yes because uh, yeah. the detail i've been working now is for a smaller scale mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. if i want to go big i need to kind of basically recompose the crown again with a uh, more detailed elements. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. So, a couple of questions. Yeah. Who is your favorite contemporary artist living? Oh, living. Uh, I probably say Damien Hirst. Yeah. Uh, because of uh, many things that uh, I've been admiring. Um, and then. It's a friend of mine, uh, artist, contemporary living artist, is called Riccardo Cinalli. Mm -hmm. I absolutely adore his work. Okay. He's London-based. He lived in East London. He's a friend of mine. He's an Argentinian artist. His work, uh, how can I describe? So he's a painter. Mm. And uh, his work is uh, like a contemporary uh, interpretation of mythology, through uh, with the erotic side, uh, with the attention to human meat. Uh, I'm trying to kind of find a way, uh, mm. but it has to be seen. Mm. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Riccardo Cinalli. Cinalli. Uh, okay. His work is amazing. Large-scale painting where mm. he uses reference to the uh, Greek mythology or to... And, uh, but, Uh, with naked bodies and mm. um, references to uh, sexuality, mm -hmm. um, uh, beautiful. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite. Uh, and it's, I'm lucky he's a friend of mine yeah. as well. So I, I often find, uh, you know, as an artist, like my favorite artists, when people, you know, on a day to day, who, who's your inspiration? Yeah. Most of my inspirations, I'd say, are contemporary artists. You know, I think yeah. when I started out, when I was studying, I was looking at more, you know, impressionism, old, more old older, masters, you know, yeah. old masters, things yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, but you know, in the last five years as a working, or yeah. the last seven years as a working, yeah, you know, artist, most of my inspirations are my peers. Yeah, I think you know, because it's so you're, you're taking inspiration for how they're how they're creating, how they're intertwining yeah. ideas into their work. Or you end up doing collaborations with them as yeah. well, which is uh, uh, mm. also a way of inspiring each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's another artist I love, and he's a friend of mine as well, and he's called an Italian artist called Giacomo Bevanati. Mm -hmm. And he works a lot with fashion. So he uses a metal wire. Mm. 
uh, two version, uh, stainless steel and, and, and brass to create intricate uh, 3D sculptures or wearable art like masks. Uh, and also he uses a lot of reference to mythology as well. Interesting. Interesting. And then two non-living but recent artists are obviously, I think, Andy Warhol mm-hmm. because of his use of color or repeti- repetitive ah, yeah, images, yeah, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Keith Haring. Okay. I love Keith Haring. Yeah. Uh, it's just but a shame. I don't shape. see so much Keith Haring. No, 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 <laughs> but I love, uh, yeah. I love his work the and uh, yeah. really like cool. him. All right, fantastic. So, Ernesto, uh, if people want to find you on Instagram to check out your work, what is your Instagram handle? Uh, so it's Romano Art. Romano Art. Okay, yes. and I'll put that in the show notes uh, for everyone. Um, Ernesto, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. And guys, uh, we'll see you next time. All right, cheers. Ciao. Ciao.